Welcome to the Old Man New Pilot Podcast. The adventures of an older man who's decided to learn how to fly. Episode 30, Here Comes the Weatherman. 28th of November 2016. The next exam I was due to take was meteorology. Uh, This seemed to me to be one of the toughest subjects and probably because I wasn't massively interested in it. Uh, To pass this, they'd actually said, right, you need to do two days of tuition in a row. Although the second day I would actually also cover human performance and limitations, which is another exam. So it wasn't two solid days on, on MET. Meteorology is, of course, a fancy name for weather. And the areas covered include atmosphere, charts, clouds, winds, icing, not vanilla icing uh, or chocolate icing. Uh, and there's so much more. It's, it's a huge topic. Now, there aren't many more important things for a pilot to understand uh, than the weather. You need to know it's suitable to take off, suitable for the entirety of your journey, and, of course, suitable at your destination. So you need to be able to read charts. You need to be able to you know, read all these apps that there are available, look at websites, things like that. Now, what is suitable depends, first of all, on your qualification and also your experience and also just how comfortable you are. You know, just because you're qualified to fly in certain weather at certain visibility doesn't mean to say you should do it. If you've got an instrument rating, you can fly in much lower visibility. You can fly in cloud. You can fly above, you can fly through the cloud and fly above the cloud, which is really nice. But if you're a a standard PPL, you're going to be flying in VFR, so visual flight rules. The the first thing to remember is you must be able to see the ground. Okay, If the day's overcast, which means it's complete cloud cover, you cannot fly above that cloud in VFR. Even if you meet the technical parameters of VFR, so the visibility is is legal for the type of airspace that you're in, you might just not want to. If it's not very nice, just don't fly. It's... For me, I'm flying for fun. I'm flying for my own enjoyment and to take my friends and my family up. I, if it's, you know, siling down with rain, I really don't want to fly. If you're an airline pilot and you're plotting a a route from Heathrow to, you know, JFK, then the weather is much less of a concern. You, You are going to go in much worse weather. You're not going to go in any weather because there are conditions that will keep down even a you know, a 747 pilot, but uh, you're going to be accepting much worse weather and you are going to be obviously instrument rated and able to fly through and in, you know, above cloud. Now, part of the tuition is uh, learning to read METS uh, briefings. There are two main briefings, 214 and 215. They're the UK briefings. Uh, If you're a pilot, you're probably going to read those every day. Even if you're not flying, you probably just read them just to, to keep the practice in because they're written in a sort of code. The 214 is much simpler. Uh, there's an example on the website, but basically it shows you around the UK, various points, for each altitude, what the wind direction is. That's where it's coming from, not where it's going to. You always read the wind where it's coming from. The wind speed in knots and what the temperature is at that altitude, what the air temperature is at that altitude. Uh, so it might say... 02, which means 2,000 feet, 310, 25, which means the wind's coming from 310 degrees, uh, so, you know, north, northwest, uh, and it's, sorry, northwest, and it's uh, at 25 knots. Then it might say 06, and that means, oh, plus 6, that means it's at 6 degrees at that altitude. 
Okay, I say, if you go on the website, oldmanupilot.com, you'll find it's much easier to read. Now, you need that information when you're navigating. Uh, wind is obviously really important because if you're flying north and the wind's from the west, then you're going to get blown over to your right, okay, towards the east. So, although you've got a track, which is the direction you want to take, your heading might actually, will, well, in this example, be pointing to the left of that. So, very, very useful, and you'll be using that every time on your whiz wheel when you're doing your navigation. The second main one is the 215, uh, the F215 briefing. Now, this is the UK low-level forecast chart. It splits the areas, uh, the UK up into areas, so A, B, C, D, E, F. The more areas, the more complicated it is to understand. Some of the areas are also split into sub-areas, so you might get a B1 and you might get a D1, and they're subsets of the, of the main area. Again, I've put an example on the website. Uh, it's worth going and having a look. Or you can sign up for get yourself a meteorology account at uh, the UK Met and just look at them every day anyway. Now this is much more of a weather map. This is this is closer to what you would expect to see when you're watching the weather and carols on and the BBC in the morning or whoever's doing it. But it's written in a code. And this code is not only important on this, you'll get METARs and TAFs, uh, which you'll need to be able to read as well, and they're all written in this same sort of code. So if it says something like uh, ISOL 7KM, SHRA, FARS, that means there are isolated areas of 7 kilometer visibility with showers of rain in the far south. Okay, pretty simple. ISOL Hill FG, isolated areas of hill fog. Those are pretty simple. Uh, there are much, much more complicated uh, things to learn. One basic rule that you will learn, especially when you're reading METARs and TAFs, is the longer the text, the worse the conditions are liable to be because it's more complicated uh, and generally more text means more weather not always the case but you know generally me if you look at something there's a long string of text you probably think oh, i'm not going to be flying today now i've just when i was filling the blog translated this worked it all out and it knackered me uh it's quite a bit of effort and i do this every day so you know, you really ought to practice it. If, if you're a starting out pilot now, you're learning, you're becoming a student, get met, get your met book, start doing it now, because the sooner you do it, the sooner you will get all this information in your head and remembered. And if you can read and understand that, you're well on the way to, to passing your met exam. Uh, you, you just need to put the effort in. So on the blog, I've written a typical question for you. Uh, what is the international standard atmosphere temperature at 5,000 feet? Okay, that's a little exercise for you to go off and, and practice for yourself. Now, I personally had put a lot of effort into MET, you have to, and I'd had a day of solid tuition from Graham and then a second day. So although the exam was very technical uh, and I considered it the hardest exam I'd had so far, I managed to get 100%, so I was well chuffed with that. Uh, meteorology, though, never ends. Okay, it's not like something, a subject you can learn and then not think about. It's a subject that you will use every day in your flying life or career. I mean, if you're a professional pilot, then you know you probably spend half your time talking to other pilots about MET. So after passing that exam, we moved on to human performance and limitations. So this is about the body, health, the mind, crew management. It's a much simpler subject, and it's actually quite a bit of common sense in there. 
there's not always common sense in aviation and sometimes in these exams they're a bit weird some of the questions seem fairly meaningless but for example a typical question might be in a cockpit how should a set of controls that operate operate different systems ideally be designed now there's going to be four choices but that's pretty obvious uh if you can't work that out and that's a simple question then really are you sure you want to be a pilot now after having all the hard day and a half of doing met uh i relaxed a little bit in my hpl exam rushed it a bit because i you know been working quite hard for a day and a half and uh, of course got what i deserved because i got a question wrong and when i looked at it again i was like oh that was so obviously the wrong answer i just ticked the wrong box you know some of these questions are very subtly worded and when you read them again you think well why did i choose that one so i now had six exams down just three to go on my rt test and i had two weeks break for my next exam exam i was hoping to actually get some flying in Okay, hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, don't forget to check out the uh, website at oldmanupilot.com. You can go on iTunes and subscribe if you want. And obviously, if you'd like to leave us a five star, that would be lovely. If you want to leave us a one star, then have a word with me first and tell me why. And uh, if there's anything I can change to make it more suitable for you, I will. Okay, speak soon. Bye.